0: welcome to the Daring Designers Club. If you're listening, you are now a member. And listening along to the podcast, you're going to hear all about running a successful, sustainable design business, which doesn't just keep your bank balance happy, but also makes you a happy business owner. We're going to talk portfolios, design process, pricing, clients, admin, marketing, and everything that goes into running a design business, as well as mixing in some interviews with design experts who've done it all before. I can't wait to help you with any topic you need a boost with. And if you want to hear more from me, head to at Web on Instagram or GataWeb.com, where you can find more resources for designers in the form of workshops, blog posts, ebooks and more. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to today's episode of the Daring Designers Club podcast. And today I'm gonna be chatting about something that I love talking about with my one-to-one clients, which is thinking about the design business or general business shoulds, that's in a little quotation marks that you can't see right now, because I'm (laughs) not on video, but the business shoulds that you can definitely ignore. And I'm just going to give this a little bit of a prerequisite by saying most of the things that you're told that you should, again, air quotation marks, do in your business can generally be avoided or at least looked at with a slightly different perspective The reason I say this is not because it's bad advice or because people are trying to steer you in the wrong direction, but most of the time when you hear advice with the should label, so for example, you should be doing your marketing this way, you should be offering this service, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. Most of the time it is coming from a good place and it is coming from people sharing their own path or their own version or their own story of success and the absolute must do things that helped push them to that point or helped them get to that point themselves. One thing I'm really really passionate about is the idea and for me the fact that everyone who runs any type of business but obviously we're talking about design businesses, everyone has their complete unique path to success or complete, completely unique path to wherever you want to be. Whatever it is in business, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, you could be achieving exactly the same thing as a different person but The way that you both get there will be completely different because you're completely different human beings. You're going to work in different ways, you're going to find joy in different ways, you're going to be motivated in different ways. So, listening to other people and the shoulds that they put forward isn't always the most helpful. Um, because what that can do is pull you away from the path that you're building for yourself and the path that you're creating that is completely unique to you and the way that you like to do things. So I've come up with five shoulds that I have heard mostly, I think these are the most common ones that I hear in my one-to-one mentoring programs, Um But these are also ones that I have definitely fallen victim to in the past as well and have felt like I needed to build into my business. So just a quick rule of thumb before we jump into the shoulds. I have become a bit more in tune to hearing when people are giving advice and saying that you should do something. And it's a really good thing to keep in mind when you're, you know, seeing other people's marketing materials, following along with other people's success journeys, and being inspired by different people. As soon as people say that you should do something, whoever it is, even if it's people, you know, people who really inspire you and who you love to look up to. Like I said, it always comes from a well-intentioned place. It's always well-meaning, but it's always worth just taking a little bit of time to step back and think is this thing going to work for me? Is this going to be something that I'm going to enjoy? Is it going to get me to where I want to be, to my unique vision of success? Or is it actually something that potentially wouldn't work for me because I don't work in that way and I wouldn't be motivated by this thing and that doesn't sound very exciting or enjoyable for me. So whenever you hear a piece of business advice in general, but especially that's started with a should, just have a think, you know, step back and really consider whether that is the right thing for you, whether that is something that you really want to do, or if actually, you know, it's not right, it wouldn't help you get to where you want to be, or maybe you could just give it a bit of a try, you know, I'll try that out and see how it goes, but you know, it doesn't have to be a permanent part of your business. Okay, so let's jump in to the first should, and this is going to be one that you have heard absolutely everywhere, and that is you should use social media, probably specifically Instagram, for your marketing And we hear this because Instagram, specifically social media in general, is an amazing place to be able to market your business, advertise your business. But it's not so crucial that it needs to take over your life. There are so many people who run successful businesses without too much activity on social media, without having to show up all the time, without feeling the need and the pull and the should to set up your business on social media and be posting every single day and creating loads and loads of content and really draining yourself of energy. Because sadly, social media is a place that that can be the case you know it can really be draining it can stop you from feeling motivated it can bring up feelings of comparison and sometimes it's actually has a detrimental effect instead of being the beacon of marketing that we're told it should be I am actually gonna specify Instagram from now on because I do think it's Instagram that we're told needs to be this incredible place where we have to show up and we have to be visible or we won't get any business. And um, really, it's just not true. And it could be that social media and Instagram is the trick to your marketing being incredibly successful, but there are so many other things that you can diversify into. If it feels very draining, if it feels really difficult for you, and um, Pinterest, for example, is lumped in with social media, but it's really not a a social platform at all. It's more of like a content creation search engine platform that's incredible for designers. Email marketing is an incredible platform that is, um, much more sort of passive and like you have to take a back seat in terms of that being visible and being open to um to other people and very approachable there are just so many things that you can do instead of social media specifically instagram (laughs) to grow and scale and show up for your business So what I would really do here is focus on, first of all, where your dream clients are. So where you feel your perfect people are going to be online. It won't just be Instagram. There will be other places that your dream clients will be showing up. Um, Like some of the examples I've shared already, but there are lots of other places if you can do a real deep dive into who your dream client is and where they're going to spend their time. And also think about where you feel creative and where you feel motivated to create marketing materials and content for your business. It doesn't make sense to spend so much time stressing and Pouring yourself into Instagram and social media and you know engagement, if actually it is soul crushing and it feels really really difficult, what you could be doing is spending that time doing something that feels feels a little bit more inspirational and um, easy to uh, work with, and the time feels more worthwhile, and can still get you exactly the same number of clients as Instagram (laughs) or social media would as well. My next should is you should work traditional working hours at a desk. This is something, again, that I think when we went through this big, this big period of people moving to work for themselves or working from home, you know, namely after or throughout the pandemic... We were left with these feelings uh, that lots of people had pre-2020 as well, if you had a corporate background, of feeling like the only way that you could be productive or get work done was to work uh, you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five. And it's so not true. It is definitely not the best way to be productive. It's the way that we're increasingly told that we should be productive by people who benefit from that system. So think about your old bosses, people who used to control your work, people who used to manage you in previous jobs, maybe in a design agency or wherever you worked before. Those people really benefited from you feeling the most productive in those hours, Monday to Friday, nine to five, because that's when they had your full attention realistically we all feel productive or feel motivated at very different times of the week and many of us won't feel productive and motivated if we work a five-day, you know, eight-hour a day week as well. I personally have mentioned before that I currently work two to three days a week and in those two to three days I probably work maybe five or six hours Throughout the rest of the week, I'll be doing little bits on my phone and, you know, I'll, if I've got the motivation, (laughs) I put it towards my work, but it's a completely pressure-free way to work for me. And that's something that I really had to build with practice because I've been in the corporate jobs, you know, before I ran my business, I worked in digital marketing for about two years for three different companies And having those habits, you know, being forced into traipsing into an office, going through rush hour traffic twice a day and sitting at a desk and that being the way that you are productive is only going to make you feel like that's the only option moving forward. So what I would really like for you to do is think about your ideal working scenario or your ideal work week. So think about the environment you love to be in when you're working. You know, maybe you like to get out the house. Maybe you want to go for a bit of a walk. Maybe you want to be in a coffee shop with your laptop maybe you prefer to do some bits on your phone. Think about the hours that you feel fresh and inspired and the activities that help you feel that way. You know, do you like to do a bit of journaling or meditating? Maybe you like to do a bit of exercise or you like to have a sort of closing off the day routine to help you feel like you've finished the work part of your day. That's something that I love to do. And also the days you like to be in work mode. You know, the, the traditional thing of like not working weekends, I think is is quite valid, mostly because most of our friends and family will also be off on the weekend as well. Um, but you know, it could be that you actually prefer to do a little bit of work at the weekend, or maybe you only want to work a couple of days during the week. Maybe you feel a bit more lit up in the afternoons, and so you just want to work a few afternoons a week. All of these things are completely valid. And it's not to say that you can jump into a sort of dream work week immediately. I've done a few episodes before about, you know, how to take off, take more time off and how to work less while still being able to keep your income consistent and increasing as well. This is something I've worked through myself. It's not an easy process, but it's doable. You know, if that becomes one of your goals, you don't have to sit at a desk Monday to Friday, nine to five to get all of your work done and feel productive. My next should is one that I see quite often from maybe from people who are selling courses, let's say. Um, but this is you should be creating passive income streams. This is one that I think I've been approached by nearly all of my one-to-one mentoring clients about because it feels like you know the thing that you have to do when I ask, you know, if if people come to me and say, I need to create some passive income streams, I'll ask, you know, what is what is it that you feel you need that for? You know, what hole is that filling in your business? And generally, it's because they want to create more income and more consistent income as well in their business. And it's interesting, I think we've been sold this idea that passive income is the key to having a consistent monthly earnings. And Actually, it really isn't. There are so many ways that you can have consistent income month to month and get off that sort of up and down roller coaster of being a freelancer or being a business owner. And you have to think that passive income is never truly passive. Um, I have worked on so many different income streams over the past few years, mostly just out of curiosity and experimentation, which is my favorite thing to do in my business. And also just so I can try things out to help my one-to-one clients as well. But what I would really consider is, do you actually want to create a passive income stream? Is it a project that you really, really want to work on? Or is it just to get that additional income or to have a more sustainable income in the background? Because people can tell if you are creating things that don't feel joyful or don't feel exciting for you. And those are the things that become so hard to sell and really hard for you to keep going because you've not created those things based on your love of them or your desire for something in that kind of work like we have with our business and what I will say is there are so many ways to keep your income consistent and sustainable in your business without going anywhere near digital products, templates, courses, anything like that. Just with your design services you can create an incredible sustainable income for your business So if passive income or additional income streams don't necessarily feel like the right fit for you, don't feel like you're missing out on this incredible amount of extra income or consistent income. There are so many ways to do this outside of the traditional income streams that you will have seen before. My fourth should is based on a topic that I'm sure we all want to dig into a little bit more, which is pricing. And this is, you should charge similar rates to designers at the same level as you. Again, this is something that I come up against with a lot of one-to-one mentoring clients because they feel like that's the way that they should be basing their prices is just by, you know, looking at the competition, um, seeing what they're charging and, you know, basing that on their experience as well and thinking, well, I've got a similar level of experience to that person, uh, so maybe I should charge the same. There's a few difficulties there, one of them being that you don't really know what people's experience is and you don't know what people's strengths are, you know, different designers have very, very different strengths and very different levels of experience, um, people sometimes, you know, I'm sure we've all worked with those (laughs) designers in agency who have been designing for like 25 years, but, you know, have no concept of, you know, modern design or they don't have the technical skills that you have. It's not necessarily about time. It's not necessarily about, and it's definitely not about what other people charge. What you really want to be doing is charging a price that feels right for you and matches up with your income goals. The difficulty with pricing your services similarly to someone else is you kind of have to steal from someone else's confidence as well. You know, if their prices are set at this level and you've just taken, oh, well, I'll do similar to that, there's nothing to really base your pricing on other than the fact that another designer has their prices at that level. And so it's very hard to build confidence around those prices Whereas when you create your level of pricing based on you know, your income goals and what you want to achieve and the level of process and service and experience that specifically you have, you get to build that confidence so much easier and you get to back up your prices in a way that feels very authentic and natural to you. So definitely look into your pricing based on yourself instead of any external factors, because that's when we can start to come into that tricky area of not really wanting to share our prices and speak to clients about them. So my final should, and I'm going to keep this one nice and short and sweet, (laughs) is you should be aiming bigger and higher every single year. This maybe feels a little bit more relevant. We're just coming to the end of January in 2023 um, as I'm recording this episode. And it could be that you've set goals just based on where you were last year. And I find this really tricky because I think, again, like probably based on comparison, based on what we see from other people as well, it does feel like we have to have that push and we have to have like an ever increasing aim for where we want to be. But the thing that's tricky about this is it kind of doesn't really take into account what we really truly want and it could be that what you want is to earn more or to scale your business and that really fits in with the big picture vision that you have for yourself. But most of the time it's usually just based on what we managed to do the year before and like a little bit on top. (laughs) I don't know if anyone else does that. This is definitely something that I have done in the past is think, okay, well, last year I earned 70k. So this year I'm going to earn 90k and kind of based it on nothing other than the previous year's successes or achievements. What I would really like you to know is that it's absolutely okay to have very similar aims and goals to previous years. It's okay to want to keep a steady income. It's okay if your big picture goal just looks like having a simple, sustainable, joyful life, doing things that don't necessarily look too glamorous to other people. I really put myself in this boat of, not necessarily having these huge goals that seem very, very glamorous, like, you know, traveling the world and um, building my own house. I mean, I'd love to do that, but it would be one of those grand designs disasters, I can assure you. Uh, (laughs) But my goals are just to really enjoy the life that I've built with my family live in the house that I want to live in and, you know, be able to create time to do things like read books and do some gardening and go for nice big walks. Nothing that feels too, like I said, too glamorous, too luxury. I really just want to have a simple, joyful life and that is absolutely okay and that feels great for me. And so if you're struggling with what your big picture vision is, I would really, really love for you to just dig into, you know, what do you really want? How do you see yourself being the happiest? And you can base your goals based on that. You know, think about what you would need to get to that place. Think about where you are right now and what works. And you can build your vision, you can build your goals based on that. You don't have to be aiming for the next big income figure. You don't have to be aiming for the next big thing you can just continue to create something that feels really joyful and feels really great for you. So there are my shoulds of design businesses and things that you can absolutely ignore, but as I'm sure you've seen, what I really mean is just think about what is intentional and joyful and works for you and your unique version of success. And that is the truest and easiest way to create a business that feels joyful that feels sustainable exciting and gets to be your dream job and your dream business i've really loved recording this episode i can't wait to speak to you again soon if you would like to connect with me in the meantime head over to the daring designers club on instagram and you will also see that we've had a little bit of a rebrand i Can't wait to create some more content with the new designs that we've got and I'll be sharing lots of value over there on Instagram. Feel free to drop me a DM if you want to talk about any of this in a bit more detail and I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. See you soon.